welcome to another episode of Flea Market Fantasy, the world's second greatest Bronze Age comic book podcast. Joining me as always is new Mike L, Kevin Jank. Hey, it's me. I'm here. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties uh, before the show, but we think yeah. everything's working now. Uh, but Hopefully it's uh, all ironed out. Jank, this is uh, your pick this week. You selected a book, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're know you 0 for 2 so far on the show. So this, uh, we need, we need, we need a solid effort. (laughs) We need a solid (laughs) effort. So tell, tell the kids what you picked. Uh, I picked a book called Marvel Preview, issue number four, uh, the first appearance of Star Lord. Yes. As opposed to Star Man. This is not another Star Man (laughs) comic. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. And, uh, also, I don't know if you noticed, but sometimes he's Star Lord, one word. Sometimes star hyphen lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an editor, this was driving me nuts <laughs> because it's many. Well, you want to you want to keep the spelling consistent. <laughs> but, uh, this is 1976. It was yeah. like the Wild West. They did what they wanted. Uh, the creators of Star Lord are sometimes Steve they Englehart. Put the, they're very important, but like he's the yeah, Star yeah. Lord. Sometimes it's just Star. <laughs> yeah, like our buddy the Ed. Uh, but uh, the creators here are Steve Englehart and Steve Gone. And uh, last week, when you mentioned Steve Gaughan, I was having difficulty because I know Mike Ellen and I had encountered Steve Gaughan. He was a Filipino artist, and we were trying to remember, or I was trying to remember what he worked on. And you thought maybe it was one of those horror anthologies. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. No, it was actually Skull the Slayer. Skull the oh, Slayer. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, when Mike Ellen and I did Skull the Slayer, issue one. So that's where we encountered Steve Gaughan. Oh, so right. go back to that episode. Yeah, he's a style that seems like it would be fitting for that kind of story. Yeah, Skull. If I recall, I really enjoyed his art in that book. So, uh, and also Steve Englehart, we've discussed numerous times here on the show. Um, yeah, he's he did every. What are some Steve Englehart things? Uh, the Defenders, right? He did the Defenders yep. for a while. Definitely did. <coughs> he did a bunch. <laughs> so good. here's what you do: you close your eyes. <laughs> Too many to name. You just you just riffle and point at a former episode of Flea Market Fantasy <laughs> on YouTube, and you'll find a Steve Englehart episode. He's in there. He's in there a lot. I just can't remember all the things it's he like did. Like the Bob Hall of this new era. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oddly enough, I think he did West Coast Avengers, right? Didn't they do that West Coast Avengers episode uh, issue? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. And Bob Hall. Yeah, 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 with the whole Mockingbird thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, but this Marvel preview. People may not have heard of this because even though uh, I knew it was Marvel Preview, every time I thought of it in my mind or when I first Googled it up, I, I Googled up Marvel Premiere because that's just – I just couldn't <laughs> get it in my mind. No, no, no. Very Marvel similar titles. Premier. Yes. Uh, but this is actually a black and white magazine anthology that featured uh, different sci-fi adventure sword and sorcery characters each month. Uh, so a magazine, yeah. uh, you know, bigger than a traditional comic book. A big deal, and uh, yes. black and white. How do you feel about the black and white? Yeah, I guess that's how they. Uh, not a big fan. Um, oh, really? <laughs> and especially not. I mean, I'll, we'll talk about it as we get into this book. There's a certain point in this book where I felt it really let people down. Um, but I don't know. In some cases, it fits the tone. I think with a high flying like space adventure, I could use a little bit of color. Uh, I suppose you know. The counter to that is well, space is all black. Like it works more. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> but, 
But I mean, it works in like when you're doing the like Walking horror. Dead, like that comic was in. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like the black and white. Um, not just for this story, but just in general. Uh, I don't know. Kind of a because I always thought, oh, it's black and white. It's got, but no, the more I look at it, I'm like, you know what? That's all you need. <laughs> That's all you need. Because I'll, I'll be honest, Jenkins, mm-hmm. like modern comic books, I think the coloring in modern, like, you know, within the last 20 years, it's, the coloring in comic books is terrible. Like, it just looks so bad to me. Really? Like, yeah, it just looks like all uh, the digital art and stuff. I hate that kind of coloring. Yeah, I don't know. I like the old school process. From the 70s. Like the dots, being able to see the dots and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Not even the dots, but just, I don't know. I just think the colors were richer back in the day. Uh, It's the same problem I have with Bugs Bunny cartoons. You know, like the the original Bugs Bunny from the 40s, amazing. And then everything after, like, you know, the 1990s, all the the way they colored it, it looks terrible. I don't know. Yeah, even The Simpsons had something like that, where the first couple seasons looked terrible, then it got really good, and then at a certain (laughs) point, like, it got too good, and it wasn't as as good anymore. And I don't know. Like, it looked too polished. And the, like, I don't know, uh, how many colors do you think really, again, I don't do uh, modern books too much, but when I think of Marie, I always go back to Marie Severn and that uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Claws of the Cat but where the claws of the cat issue we did, where her coloring was just spectacular, and it really elevated that book. And I, I just don't know if you encounter that. I don't know. I'm, I don't read enough modern books, probably. To, I'm sure there are excellent yeah. colorists out there working, but I just don't know. Do, do you ever encounter? I don't colorists? think I can name a single one. So yeah, <laughs> I, I can't think of anybody who yeah sticks in my in my brain now. Yeah. Uh, you know what else I like? Speaking of colorists, was that the. Uh, Ms. Tree. Remember the black and white and red? They just added red. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's always a good look. I do like that. Like, Sin City was kind of like that. They had randomly had that yellow bastard or whatever. He was all yellow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because <laughs> then Ms. <laughs> Ms. Tree did a uh, issue where it was black and white and blue. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I like oh. that. I dig that. Anyway, this Marvel preview, just black and white. Not a red, not a blue. Just black and white. Um... And it ran for 24 issues from 1975 until 1980. Then the title was changed to Bizarre Adventures, and it ran for another 10 issues, ending with <clears throat> with issue 34 in 1983. <coughs> Excuse me. And the final issue was a holiday anthology featuring stories about the son of Santa and Howard the Duck. <laughs> so is that like a son of Satan play? Eh, son of Santa? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Some of the writers involved in uh, Marvel Son preview, of Sam, maybe. Um, were Steve Englehart in this book, uh, Steve Gerber, Chris Claremont, Roger Stern, and Bill Mantlo. There's a bunch, but, you know, those are some of the highlights. Some of the uh, highlighted artists over the run, John and Saab Buscema. We love the Buscema boys here. Uh, Gil Kane, Dave Cocker, mm-hmm. John Byrne, George Perez, and Bill Sienkiewicz. Actually, Neil Adams drew the cover of issue one, which is uh, strange. You think Neil Adams? You always think DC. Oh, look at that! I think of and, uh, his early X Men work. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I about that. Uh, Bill Sienkiewicz. This was early Bill Sienkiewicz when he he was he drew like Neil Adams. Like he was. Uh, I think he learned at uh, Neil Adams Studio, so he kind of drew more. Oh, nice. him. Uh, this the uh, Marvel cool. preview. I believe stuff. the uh, oh, actually the next time. 
uh, the next time Star Lord, uh, it was written by Chris Claremont and yeah, you're, you're awesome for the, their first team up before X Men. Yeah, you're cutting out uh, because th- this is the Skype issue we were having before the show. But I believe what you said was <laughs> that uh, in issue 11 of Marvel <laughs> Preview, uh, Chris Claremont teamed up with John Byrne and Terry Austin to do a Star Lord story, right? Yes. Yeah, I figure that's what you're saying. And uh, <laughs> that was the first time they ever teamed up, and of course they went on to great fame with the X Men. Yeah, that's pretty. Good. I actually looked at that story today. Uh, yeah, me too. I was oh, also okay. in black and white, but I think some of the old, the other, uh, like later on, they started colorizing it for trade paperbacks and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and I believe Marie Severn was credited for uh, coloring. Uh, I, I think later on in the run, there may have been one issue or something in color. I don't know. There's um, another book. Uh, here's a spoiler alert. Little tease. I'm going to pick another black and white thing for next week. <laughs> and yep, I saw the advertisement and I was like, oh, I bet I know what it is. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't. Oh, maybe not. Did you see Doc Savage? Is that what you saw? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. There's a Doc Savage <laughs> advertisement. Else. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's not Doc Savage, but uh, I'm picking a black and white. I think you enjoy this selection. It's another It's another hint. <laughs> but, but that black and white title right. ac- actually started to be colored later on, but we'll talk about that next week. All right. Anyway, so this uh, Marvel uh, preview, it introduced a few famous characters. Of course, Star-Lord here also introduced Rocket Raccoon. So, uh, yeah, two Guardians get introduced in the pages of Marvel preview. And also a fellow named Dominic Fortune. Are you familiar with Dominic Fortune? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was like a mercenary type guy who encountered Spider-Man a couple of times. Yeah. Yep. Like the 80s. Yeah. So since uh, we have nothing else to do, I'm going to list, uh, we're going to go through every issue of Marvel Preview, and I'm going to tell you <laughs> the character that started it. <laughs> we'll just check them out real quick. So we know which not? ones are worthwhile and which ones aren't. Yeah, because what else have we got to do? All right, so uh, issue one, Man <laughs> Gods from Beyond the Stars, and I guess they were gods from Beyond the Stars. So <laughs> this is confusing. I'm guessing a lot of these things I've never heard of. Ooh, yeah. yeah, no Sybil Danning in yeah. there. Yeah, if Sybil Danning were in it, I'd be reading that immediately. Uh, no, issue two had the Punisher. <laughs> really? Yeah. He does not seem to fit it's the one, theme. It's one of the earlier Punisher stories after he oh. made his debut in Amazing Spider-Man. He, he got his got a lead story here. And the backup in that issue was the debut of Dominic Fortune, the aforementioned Dominic Fortune. Oh, okay. I see those two going uh, together. Issue three, Blade the Vampire Slayer. And uh, nice. And that was that was originally going to run in Vampire Tales issue twelve, but that series got canceled, so they put it in here. That's how that worked. Uh, number four, of course, is Star Lord. And the backup story in this issue is something called the Sword and the Star with Prince Wayfinder. I did not read that. <laughs> did you read that? Yeah, I skimmed it. Uh, I was hoping we wouldn't actually talk about it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's not. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about it. I think it was like Bill Mantler wrote it, but uh, yeah, I just don't want to talk about it. Uh, issue five. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's like, yeah, who cares? Um, issue five yeah. is Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and issue six is also Sherlock Holmes. It's a, uh adaptation of The Hound of the Baskervilles. So no backup in that, just straight on through? Just straight on Holmes. 
Uh, issue seven, Satana. The, uh, we, we talk about the son of Satan. That's his sister, Ooh. right? Yeah. yeah. And in the back, oh, we have another sword in the star with Prince Wayfinder. And oh, that good. He came the, back. Well, he came back and he introduced Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> That's where Rocket debuted. Oh, okay. So how about that? I had Finally, no idea. He did something good. Yeah. Something worthwhile. Yeah. Good on you, Prince Wayfinder. <laughs> yeah. Issue eight, the Legion of Monsters. And, uh, that includes, uh, Morbius, the living vampire blade and a fellow named Anubis. I don't know who Anubis is. Oh, Anubis. I'm yes. Anubis. Thank you for that. Is that like <laughs> that Egyptian dog guy? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't remember a Marvel version of him, but okay. Issue nine, man, God, Hugo Danner. No idea what that is. No. And, uh, <laughs> In part one of an unfinished adaptation of the novel Gladiator by Philip Wiley. Wow, I'm sure that was a big <laughs> success. Find that issue. Uh, issue 10, Thor. And then the backup story, Hercules. So there you go. That's a seller. People will buy oh, that. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Issue 11 was Star-Lord, and that's the Chris Claremont, John Byrne, Terry Austin story. And in that issue, they redid his backstory. <laughs> so, yeah, I figured. Because I definitely we'll, know it changed a lot. Yeah, we'll get into it uh, later, but Englehart, his backstory is a little different that we're reading today. Yeah. Uh, issue 12, The Haunt of Horror, featuring Lilith and Dracula. Now, do you think that's Lilith from Cheers? No, 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 <laughs> that can't be. This was, no. yeah, this is a good 16 years. I think I did Lilith. see Lilith somewhere. All right. I don't know who that is. Uh, issue 13, the UFO connection. No idea what that means. Uh, issue 14 and 15 were both Star-Lord stories. Issue 16, oh, Master, on. Masters of Terror featuring Lilith. So, uh, I don't know. Wow. She must have been a star. Good run for Lilith. Issue 17, something called Black Mark. Yeah. Uh, issue 18, Star-Lord is back. Issue 19, uh, Call the Destroyer, Backup Solomon Kane. Issue 20, Bizarre Adventures. Uh, there were reprints and uh, includes Dominic Fortune. Issue 21, Moon Knight, Backup with the Shroud. Uh, 22, Merlin. I'm guessing that magician fella. Or Merlin Olsen. <laughs> Defensive lineman for the Los <laughs> oh, Angeles Rams. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, issue 23, Bizarre Adventures 2. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, 24, <laughs> Paradox. No idea what that is. Then uh, when it switches to Bizarre Adventures for issue 25, we get Lethal Ladies. This sounds like something up our alley, Jack. Oh, yeah. This sounds like an Andy Sedaris work. Lethal Ladies. It stars the Black Widow, <laughs> Lady Demon, and the Daughters of the Dragon. Uh, sounds oh, interesting. I don't know who Lady Demon, but those other ones, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Demon is spelled D-A-E-M-O-N. Like Damon. Ooh. Demon. That's how you know she's good. Yeah. Issue 26, <laughs> Call the Barbarian, King Call. And uh, also Demon in a Silver Glass story by Doug Menchin, art by John Bolton. Hey, remember John Bolton? Not the singer. Uh, the the fellow who did all the <laughs> X-Men That's classics. Michael Bolton. Oh. oh. <laughs> Michael Bolton. 
<laughs> but X-Men classic John Bolton, he did all the backup stories. Remember this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Speaking of the X-Men, issue 27, Secret Lives of the X-Men, featuring Phoenix, what? Iceman, and Nightcrawler. You might want to check wow, that out. Wow, I've never read that X-Men story. Yeah. I'm missing issue, out. Issue 28, uh, These Are the Unlikely Heroes, is what it's ta- uh, titled. And it stars Elektra, the Shadow Hunter, the Huntsman, Triton, and uh, Bucky Bazaar makes his debut. I believe Bucky Bazaar was a little comedic uh, bit they put at the end of the issues because they didn't think there's enough humor. So they're like, oh, let's come up with mm-hmm. a guy named Bucky Bazaar. That'll that'll solve the problem. I don't know. I don't think they did. <laughs> yeah. uh, issue 29. Well with Electra. Yeah. <laughs> issue 29, Stephen King's <laughs> The Lawnmower Man adapted uh, there. And, uh, oh, the, hey, it, look at that. It was done by Walt Simonson. Wow. So that's weird. Um, also, there's a story starring Greenberg the Vampire. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who the fuck is Greenberg? Is he a vampire the... accountant? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly what I thought as well. <laughs> uh, issue 30, Paradox again. I don't know. That must be something because they did that once before. Uh, backup story, Silhouette. Don't know who that is. Uh, 31, A Hard Look at Violence is what it's called. And it features Dr. Death, but Death is spelled D-E-T-H, with Kip and Muffy. <laughs> the fuck? What is that? Uh, making shit up now. Also, Hangman 1, Issue 32, Thor and Other Gods. I don't think uh, he's ba- ever existed. <laughs> the backup is The Aquarian. I never heard of him either. Uh, only two more issues. Issue 33, Tomb of Dracula, Haunt of Horror, and Tales of the Zombie. Uh, and, uh, the zombie, uh, some, some guy named Varney makes his debut. I'm sure that's important. Jim Varney? <laughs> that, <would be> <laughs> that would be pretty good. <laughs> Ernest. For you young ones out there. Yeah. There's a guy named Ernest. Sometimes he went to jail. Sometimes he went to the circus. It's, uh, quite the thing. <laughs> and finally, issue 34, 1983, that special holiday thing with Son of Santa, Howard the Duck, and also Dr. Death, Kip, and Muffy. They came back. Oh, uh, God. And it's their final appearance. <laughs> we might have to review that just oh. so we can, can experience <laughs> Kip and Muffy. I don't know what they are. Uh, all right, but I'm we're here today. We're here today to talk about Star-Lord, issue four of Marvel Preview. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Star-Lord's real name is Peter Quill. And uh, Steve Englehart, here's a quote from Steve Englehart about the creation of Star-Lord. I conceived something very large. <laughs> this. Well, yeah, yeah. This is on, I got, found this on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, my hero yeah. would go from being an unpleasant, introverted jerk to the most cosmic being in the universe. And I would tie it into my then-new interest in astrology. After his earthbound beginning, his mind would be opened uh, step by step with a fast action story on Mercury, a love story on Venus, a war story on Mars, and so on out to the edge of the solar system and then beyond. But after his earthbound beginning, where I established him as an unpleasant, introverted jerk, I left Marvel so no one ever saw what he was to become. Uh, That's sad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oops. Because that yeah, really that, was the shocking the thing. Uh, that was the shocking thing reading this, Jake, is yeah. that uh, he really was a jerk, right? 
<laughs> he is single-minded in his quest for vengeance and doesn't give a fuck about anybody. Yeah, the whole like it's weird because the, the way the story starts off, you're uh, you make you make him very uh, likable because oh, you empathize for this kid, but then like two pages in, he's just a complete asshole, and it's like fuck this kid. <laughs> I don't like yeah. this kid at all. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It was a great plan if he had stuck to it, but unfortunately, then if you leave, <laughs> yeah, you just kind of leave a mess for the next person. So that next person was Chris Claremont. And like, like we mentioned, he took over writing the Star Lord stories and he made them more sci-fi adventures in the spirit of Robert A. Heinlein, a famous sci-fi author who they actually got sued by because mm-hmm. on one of the covers, they said like, uh, just like Robert A. Heinlein and, uh, they, he sued them and they had to like take that issue down and reprint it. So they had to take that off the cover. Uh, but the Star-Lord story in issue 11 does redo his uh, backstory, and we'll get into how it changed and stuff when we get into the book. Uh, after after his appearances here in Marvel Preview, Star-Lord made sporadic appearances in Marvel Spotlight, Marvel Premiere, and Marvel Super Special. We got we to gotta read some Marvel Super oh, Special. Okay. I've never heard of it. Like, do you know what that is? I think I've read some of those. Or maybe those are like a Marvel summer special that they had in like the 1990s. But I'm trying to think. Would you, would you classify them as special or were they super special? Because <laughs> they're advertised as super special. <laughs> so I just want to make sure. Uh, Star-Lord disappeared during the late 80s and throughout the 90s with his next big appearance being in Thanos issues 8 through 12 yeah. in 2000. Uh, I didn't know Thanos, was that like a limited series, or did he have his own ongoing series? Uh, it lasted a year. I think it was 12 issues. I actually have that trade paperback somewhere. I have not read it yet, but <laughs> I want oh. to. All right. And uh, he also appeared in Annihilation, issues 1 through 6 in 2006. You know what that is? Yes, that was a big... Uh, they tried to make Marvel Cosmic a big thing in the mid-2000s there. And starting with Annihilation, which is like a big event where Annihilus actually finally got his shit together and uh, became an actual, like, credible threat. And uh, he was, like, going through the universe, like, destroying planets and stuff. Whoa. So, like, yeah, it was pretty bad. So, like, all the kind of cosmic heroes had to kind of team up to try to stop him. I think he even took down Galactus at one point, but then they... Freed Galactus and kind of turned him on their side. But, yeah, so it was kind of like a big, let's get all the cosmic heroes together to fight this one big threat. And uh, for those who don't, I don't know if we've ever talked about Annihilus on this show, but he is a mainly a Fantastic Four villain, I would say. Uh, sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes yep. Avengers. But yeah, he's, he's, from like the an, neg- he's like an alien from the negative zone, yeah. Yes, the negative zone. He kind of looks like a Kind of a grasshopper. bug-like guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah. You haven't seen him in a long time, but yeah, Annihilus. Yeah, I think right, essentially so, what the Annihilation Wave was like a, was like a bunch of bugs that would sweep through the like through the the cosmos, just eating planets. Oh, like uh, like locusts going through just eating things. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Uh, in 2007, Star Lord had his own four issue limited series called Annihilation Conquest. Star Lord, the hell of a title. Yeah, Annihilation Conquest was the follow up to Annihilation where it was about the same kind of group of heroes fighting the phalanx. Um, what is that? I don't know if you know who they are, but 
<laughs> they are the race that basically Warlock comes from. The techno organic oh. race. Yeah. They had a big thing with the X-Men in the 90s, and then they kind of brought him back in this event uh, in the 2000s. Wasn't there a big, uh, who was the big bad for them? Was it like, wasn't it Magus or something like that? Yeah, Magus was, uh, Warlock's daddy. Which is weird because in Adam Warlock, he turns into Magus, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that, that is, is very strange. Yeah. I think they could have <laughs> changed that. Alright, so, uh, then in 2008, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 started up. And that's where you get the Star Lord yeah. everyone knows today. With and then Gamora was there, Rocket Raccoon. Oh, was Groot there at that point? Yep, Groot was there. As were some people who really haven't been in the movies, like even Bug. I think from the Micronauts was uh, yes. part of that Guardians. Uh, Morlock. Yeah, you um, cut out again. But I want to say Morlock. Man. Uh, yeah. And there was Dragon, someone else called- I believe, was there. Fallaval or something like that, or Fallaval. Yeah, make- she is uh, like Captain Captain Marvel's daughter from an alternate universe. Oh, good lord! Uh, yeah, <laughs> one of those I type hate, of things. I hate when they do all that crap. But all right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into this book. This is uh, Star Lord's original origin. Steve Englehart and Steve gone. All right, let's look at this cover. Uh, Marvel Preview presents Star-Lord, again, and there's a little hyphen in there. And uh, mm-hmm. this is by uh, Curtis, who did all the magazine publishing there with Marvel. And Marvel Preview, number four, $1. So 1976, they're charging a buck for this. Uh, premier uh-huh. issue, a new concept in graphic excitement. Graphic excitement? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> he stalks the galaxies, one man... On a mission of cosmic vengeance. Plus, Sword in the Star, a space odyssey. A pass. <laughs> but the, no, the, thanks. the cover, we see a uh, giant moon in the background and a starry sky. A very Van Gogh-esque. And then uh, yeah. he's, uh, Star-Lord is flying over the horizon of like an Earth-like planet there. The trees and shit. And but Star Lord looks a little different. Describe what, what how Star Lord looks, Jank. Yeah, this is the old school Star Lord costume, uh, where bodysuit, helmet that it's kind of like a normal type helmet, a starburst type design, a yellow starburst on it, and it's got kind of these sunglasses that are kind of look like bug eyes a little bit. Uh, they're these big ass sunglasses but then the bottom part of his face is totally exposed and then his blue bodysuit has kind of these white out across the chest and the shoulders uh, and he's got bright yellow gloves bright yellow boots and he's got a big old like utility belt with a like a sun emblem in the middle yeah and he's got a gun did you mention the gun <laughs> oh no! Oh no! You you cut out. We lost you again for like ten seconds. Um, fucking Skype. You still there? Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he also has. A, did you mention the gun that he has? Yeah, yeah, the big old gun hanging from his belt. 
different from the element guns that we see him wielding later on. It's more of like a, a normal laser gun looking type thing. Yeah, we'll get into that element gun. Point in time. Yeah. But he, here, here's, here's my take on his helmet there, Jank. I don't know if you ever, uh, this ever struck you, but I, I believe he's, he's supposed to look like an owl, right? Oh, yeah, I could see that. Kind of as that night owl from the Watchmen look. Yeah, because the helmet, like, flips up, so he's got little points on above the eyes, and the big eyes like an owl. Because in this book, he has a pet owl. So, I don't, oh. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know why we'll get into how he gets his costume. So I don't know how that guy gives him the costume that makes it look like an owl. But I think that's on purpose yeah. because he had the pet owl. Especially I'm guessing he, he probably never goes back to Earth to see that owl yeah. ever again. So Oh, yeah, that, that owl's probably <laughs> dead. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He doesn't seem like got, a caring type to like get someone to care for in his absence. <laughs> I just got really sad. <laughs> I never thought of that. That owl's I know, I've never seen that owl in any, you know, later Starlord <laughs> stories. That poor owl starved to death in that apartment, <laughs> waiting for, god damn. Uh, but anyway, uh, Starlord, yeah, now I'm sure, I don't know my astrology, but I'm guessing Steve Engel, maybe an owl, there's, it has some sort of symbolism in astrology, I don't know, but, uh. <laughs> well, I mean, the owls were a big part of, uh, Twin Peaks, so maybe, uh. <laughs> Overhead wire same, lines. Same breadcrumbs that David Lynch is, yeah. The owls are not what they seem. But, uh, all right. <laughs> so here we open up, uh, the pages here. We get us, uh, like a pinup poster here. Uh, when we first open the book of Star Lord standing on, I don't know, is this like swamp thing he's standing on? What the fuck is going on here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me what that is? Is this um, some sort of looks, a monster? Kind of like a giant slug, I guess. It's got, like a kind of long, you know, insect-like body, but it's hard to tell what's going on in the face. It's almost like a monkey face. I can't even... Kind of looks like Oh, it. oh, yeah, because I guess it's like a cliff with uh, vegetation, and then they're coming out from behind it. Yeah, I think he shot this thing off of the cliff, and I guess it's just riding its body down like yeah. a surfboard. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to tell. Uh, then we uh, get into, there's a table of contents. With, yeah, uh, that's how you know you're reading a big book is when yeah. you have to have a table of contents telling you what's inside. <laughs> yeah, the letters page is on page 72. Oof. It's so, uh, a lot of pages. A lot of reading. Yeah. Uh, then we get uh, something called I Say It's a I Say. <laughs> I Say It's a I Say. <laughs> yeah. The title. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't understand that at all. I had to read that like 12 times, and it still made no sense to me, so. <laughs> Space opera into hell with it. I guess it's an editorial by somebody. I did not read it. I don't know. No. Next up, Space uh, or yeah, space opera to hell with it, I guess, is what Steve Engelhart. Or no, it's the next page. Then Steve, <laughs> these pages blend together. Then the next page is <laughs> Star-Lord, who he is and how he came to be by Steve Engelhart. And again, he spells Star-Lord one word, no hyphen. <clears throat> but uh, he just gives you the backstory how he really mm -hmm. got into astrology, and he says yeah. that astrology works. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. He. Yeah. He he did a bunch of star dates and things aligning. Yeah. He did his own research, and he found out he how tested the stars it. were when uh, you know Jesus was born. Yeah. So this is Steve Englard, he loves his astrology. 
And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can only speak for myself when it comes to astrology. And, uh, well, lots of, uh, things I'm an Aquarius, Jank. Uh, what's your symbol? Uh, Sagittarius. Sagittarius. Is that a goat? <laughs> uh, I think so. Something like that. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but I'm an Aquarius, the old <laughs> water bearer. And yes, every description of an Aquarius pretty much describes me to a T. But, uh, the, uh, the astrology got rattled in my world when, uh, we have a buddy <laughs> of ours on the LCS mm-hmm. Hockey Radio Show. There's a young man we know named Matt Diggs. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, he, was I way remember. Into, he was way into astrology. He also discovered a subsquatch living in his backyard. <laughs> and Matt yeah. Diggs would call our show, and he would do uh, astrology readings for me. And he did a big chart for me one time, and he said, hey, hey, Mike Dell, you're going to be rich. You're going to get all kind of money. Yep. This is the and, uh, yeah. year. That, that, <laughs> yeah, needless to say, that never happened. <laughs> that was... Uh... Six or seven years ago now, and oh no, that still was hasn't happened. No, 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 that was when I was married. Still, so that was a good holy hell. That, that was a good eleven years ago. Wow, <laughs> eleven, twelve years ago. <laughs> yeah, still waiting yeah. for all that. Oddly enough, though, Jack, <laughs> I've had multiple uh, fortune tellers and people tell me, "Oh yeah, you're going to have money." I'm sure they tell everybody that, right? Is that just what yeah, exactly. That's what keeps them coming back. They yeah, can afford to give me money because they're going to be rich later on. Yeah, it never, it never worked out so far, you know. But who knows? Maybe any day now. Maybe flea market fantasy is going to get syndicated, and we'll get yeah. uh, all that money. All right, but anyway, so <laughs> my my experience with astrology far different than Steve Engelhart's. But uh, we open up the book, and once again, we see the Star-Lord, like you mentioned earlier, the Star-Lord, a big logo, and uh, we get him in his little, out- his little outfit mm-hmm. there, uh, flying in space. So, so Jack, you uh, described his outfit for us earlier, but what, what do you, how do you feel about the outfit? Do you like this look of Star-Lord? Because it is uh, way different than what we know today. Yes, very different. Um I don't know. And I don't, I, I would say I like the new version better, but this is probably a little more fitting for a guy called Star Lord. Like it seems more like what you would expect. Uh, somebody who is the Lord of Space to, uh, <laughs> have an uh, owl helmet <laughs> rather than, yeah. <laughs> but I do like the new version with the cool, like gas mask type thing with the big red eyes. Like that's always a cool look. Yeah, that is a very good look. That, uh, that is very cool. All right, so yeah, the book opens. It's very we unique. Just, we just see a bunch of uh, it's narration talking about the outer space and the planets and astrology, and how uh, Uranus, Saturn, Jupiter, the Sun, Mercury, Venus, and the Moon all aligned on one day in history, and that that day was when Jesus was born, baby Jesus, and because uh, all those <laughs> planets lined up together to make it look like the big bright North Star. <clears throat> so then we get the next page. Oh, look out! Those same planets in the Moon are lining up again. And here's a lady who's given birth to a baby. <laughs> and uh, it goes down exactly like what happened when Jesus was born. <laughs> yeah, jo- Joseph <laughs> said, hey, Mary, yelling, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're in some cabin out in the woods. Uh, the mom just gave birth to a little baby there. 
And uh, that's exactly what the guy says. Jank wasn't exaggerating. He says, you bitch. <laughs> the exact words. <laughs> I, th- this magazine format, Jank, I don't know if you picked up on it, but they work a little blue. There's some profanity yeah. throughout this issue. And, uh, yeah, he just calls her a bitch. Yeah. And then he says, he doesn't even look like me. <laughs> like, that kid doesn't even look like me. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's not mine. He's little. I'm nearly six feet tall. I have hair. <laughs> He's bald. <laughs> he doesn't look anything like me. Well, it gets even weirder because he's like, that kid doesn't look like either of us. <laughs> I don't know what kind of cheating you're doing. <laughs> and she says, so he takes the baby from her. And she's like, Jake, my God, what are you doing? Jake, bring back my baby. And he takes the baby outside, Jake. And he's going right to the axe. Yeah. <laughs> There's an axe. There's an axe that's right not going to do a, a tree stump. And he's like, I'm fucking killing this goddamn baby. And <laughs> he picks up an axe. And he's right about to kill the baby, Jank. And what happens? Well, he has a heart attack right then and there. That's right. A little too overexcited, I guess. And, uh, yep, just starts going, my, my chest, heart. <laughs> yeah. And then slumps over dead, leaving the baby there, staring up at the stars. Yeah, because the, the wife, uh, the mother there, she, uh, she's still too weak from pregnancy. She can't, uh, or from delivering the baby, not from pregnancy. And, and she can't get out there to save the yeah. baby. She's, they say she's crawling and she can't make it for like an hour. It takes her one hour to get out. And so the baby <laughs> spends that hour. Lying on the on the cold earth, staring up at the stars. He looks pretty uh, happy. Yeah, he's a happy little baby. He's like, hey, look at that. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's how Star death, Lord. Now he's pretty cool. That's how Star Lord started. His dad was very like crazy. I guess I don't know. I just assumed that his <laughs> his mom was sleeping around. It's like he was waiting for this. Like, he seemed very prepared to just go from, you know, one second seeing the baby to murder. Like, he, he must. And again, they're like in a cabin in the middle of the woods. It's not like, like there's a lot of neighbors. It <laughs> it's not like there's yeah. a lot of neighbors nearby or uh, it doesn't look like she has an office job, you know, somebody. Uh, so I don't know who he thinks she's sleeping. Or maybe Subsquatch. Maybe uh, she's sleeping with Subsquatch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I mean, according to the later uh, later origins, he I guess she was cheating on him. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't think she was married <laughs> so, in the later origin, right? I think she was just. Oh, lady. okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, because, but almost uh, killing of a child. That's yeah. probably for the best. Yeah, you don't want to start off a, a superhero book by that superhero as a baby being murdered by an axe. That's not what you want. You don't want to <laughs> really do that. So uh, then we get yeah, a uh, toxic Avenger. Oh, that was that was different. <laughs> then we get a montage of little uh, Peter Quill growing up, and his his mom looks uh, foxy here, but they describe her as uh, being frail and sickly. But she, she looks pretty foxy when they're walking down the street. And, yeah, uh, she's no Aunt May. Like, it's put together. Yeah. yeah, she's got her socks on the right way. <laughs> <laughs> but it shows that Peter Quill doesn't get along with anybody. Doesn't have a lot of friends. Uh, he likes to watch TV and he thinks about uh, space aliens and space monkeys. Because there's a uh, there's a tale here, uh, Jank, that uh, one day in the woods there's like a burned circle in the ground, and it says uh, that there's reports that uh, some space aliens uh, landed there. You know, at one point. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> so he goes and asks his mom about this, and his mom's like, oh, that's just crazy, honey. Your mom never would have sex with an alien. What? That's nuts. Those <laughs> aliens those aliens never came here and had sex with me on the greatest night of my life. That never happened. Go back. No. Go back to bed. <laughs> so uh, he goes back to bed, and he's dreaming about aliens and stuff. And uh, then uh, they show him getting older still. But then one day he's running through the woods. And uh, he says, as most kids say when they're running through the woods, golly, it's hot. I sure don't want to start fifth grade <laughs> next month. That's a completely natural way for kids. <laughs> yeah, this this thing can't decide whether it's, you know, got modern language like you bitch or golly. Gee, golly. It sure is hot. Wow. I don't want to I don't want to go to fifth grade. That's just a way to tell you exactly how old he is. And uh but then he's running through the woods and boom, <laughs> oh, like, maybe the school will catch on fire. It's like that Gary Coleman movie playing with fire that we never got to watch. <laughs> but uh yeah, he's yeah. going to burn down the school. That's what's going to happen. If those alien those aliens that landed here, they saved the school because had they not landed to distract young Peter Quill, he would have burned down his school. But instead, the aliens land, and he's like, holy shit, there's uh, space monkeys. <laughs> so so he goes running back to get his mom. He's like, hey, mom, mom, yeah. look, there's space monkeys. And his mom's like, oh, hey, now, I'm about to get some again. <laughs> <And then like, laughs> but these are different space monkeys. These are evil space monkeys. Yeah, these are time. space lizards. Yeah, I guess they, I, they don't classify them what they are here, but I, I think later they're said it's the Badoon. Our old friend, the Badoon. Yeah. Classics Badoon. So uh, these uh, Badoon guys, these lizard aliens, they they see uh, him and his mom, and they just shoot the shit out of his mom. (laughs) They don't even fuck around. Yeah. They just kill his mom. (laughs) Yeah, it really seems like it's his fault for bringing his mom out there. But I guess, you know, in in later versions, Uh, it's not so much. They were there for a reason. Yeah, but, it, like, the way it looks here, they just land, shoot the mom, and then take off. <laughs> He's like, mom! Yep. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and and his mom, she got hit hard with these laser beams. Like, uh, there's a picture of him crying over her dead body, and she's, like, smoldering. Yeah. She's on fire. Yeah. yeah. She was just minding her own business at home. And this kid comes and gets her and says, hey, mom, come look. I got some aliens. I and she's like, oh, shit, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a good night. And then, no, now she's dead. So... If only she wasn't so frail, she could have survived yeah. being on fire <laughs> so then, and being blasted by lasers. So then young Peter Quill goes and gets the uh, the fellow, the, the cops there, and he's like, hey, look at my mom. Some alien shot her with a laser gun. And the cops <laughs> are like, okay, Peter Quill. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> Put the bottles yeah. down, Rummy. I know you're in, like, fifth grade, but you're probably going to burn. Yeah, the sheriff's like, hey, uh, Pete, you know, you're I don't think you now, did this. You? I don't think you did this to your mom there, Pete, but, you know, not looking good. Uh, so yeah. why don't you tell us what happened? No, aliens came down and they shot my mom with a laser gun. Like, all right. Off to the orphanage you go. And uh, so then Peter <laughs> Quill, he gets uh, sent to an orphanage, and, and he is very upset, you know. And uh, yeah. he, he's like, they won't believe me. They say I made it all up, but I know the truth. Men from outer space killed my mother. Well, they were they were like lizards. I don't know if uh, 
Uh, <laughs> and no matter what I have to do, I'll find a way to make those spacemen pay. Again, they're lizards. And he says, I swear it. And he's shaking his fist at the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always love the good fist shaking. That's how you know you're so, really. So, so, Jank, like, if you're in this situation, and God forbid some aliens came down and murdered your mom Man. right in front of you, and uh, you're in an orphanage, yeah. and you're like, I'm going to get you, spacemen. What would you do? Well, what would be the next step <laughs> in uh, how to get to get those space lizards? What would you do? I mean, realistically, if it was me, I would give up after two days and be like, well, yeah. that was a dumb idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to watch TV. <laughs> I, I might go back to the woods where I saw them the first time and, like, maybe leave cookies off for them or something. Maybe <laughs> lure them back yeah. with cookies. Uh, yeah. But young, <laughs> young Peter Quill, he says, I'm going to join Na- I'm gonna join NASA, you know, and I'm going to go up into space. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> because... <laughs> Because space is a small area. It is. It does make sense. <laughs> it doesn't. to do it, but yeah. I mean, I don't know how he expects to ever find these aliens, yeah. and then he has no plan to kill them once he gets there. <laughs> like, yeah. if he somehow found them. But yeah, his idea is to just get into space, and then the rest will take <laughs> care of itself. I just got to get into space. <laughs> because. Yeah. I'm just going to devote the next 17 years of my life becoming an astronaut and the slim chance I can get into space and find these aliens in <laughs> yeah, all of the known galaxy. Yeah, these same aliens, you know, these two lizard guys, are they still around so the 17 yeah. years later? <laughs> Who probably look a lot like all the other lizard guys. <laughs> <laughs> so basically he's a racist. He's going to take out all the lizards because of the actions of these lizards. Who knows? Yeah. They could be just a, a couple creeps, you know? But yeah. He's a... Uh, yeah, that's his plan. So now we cut to him in NASA, and he's training to be an astronaut, uh, a human space monkey. And uh, then we see him get into his car outside of the uh, – uh, is this a university he's doing research at or something? But there's two ladies uh, – th- this is my favorite part of the book. The one lady says, <laughs> damn, who's that, Betty? Is he new here? He's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That lady's name is Carol, I believe we learned. Okay. And, and, you know, I saw Carol there standing like that. And I'm like, damn. Hey, yeah. Betty, who's Carol? Look at that. Peter's young, missing out. Young Sybil Carol. You should get a piece yeah. of that. <laughs> and then, uh, so they saw Peter Quill at home. And she, there's narration while we see him go through his day uh, of uh, Betty talking to Carol. And she says that she paid a visit to Peter Quill to welcome him to the university or whatever. And, uh, and, and she's like, he's just a weirdo. Like I was at his apartment, he he didn't even talk to me. He just talked to his owl. He has some owl. He talked to that guy. He didn't even talk to me. He just looked out at the stars the whole time with the telescope. And it's like, oh, well, that is weird. And then Carol's like, oh, wait a minute. I think I did hear about this fella. He he's in the space program, and he's uh he's better than all the other astronauts. And he saved a guy's life when he got uh he got stuck in a one of them. What do they call them? Things that spin around. The uh, centrifuge or whatever, accelerometers or something. Yeah, something like yeah that. centrifuge. That sounds right. And uh, he somehow saved the guy's life. He like cracked open an emergency <laughs> release, and the guy got shot out of the thing, spinning like a million miles an hour. <laughs> and then Peter Quill caught him, and they slammed into the ground together. And the guy's like, "Hey, buddy, thanks for saving my life." And then uh, Peter Quill, being the nice guy that he is, he's like, "Uh, what, what does he say? 
Uh, he says, of course, of I'm, course. All right. no, I'm all right. Thanks to you. <laughs> Go ahead, Jake. Finish what he says. Then. <laughs> you could have saved yourself. If you had a brain instead of between your ears. You're a hell of an astronaut, in my opinion. Yeah, so I was friends everywhere that. Goes, Peter Quill. Yeah, I was a little, uh, oh, so yeah, I am a hell of an astronaut. Thank you, Peter Quill. No, 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 he's being sarcastic there. You know, you're a hell of an astronaut from what I see. But, uh, yeah, he's being sarcastic. <laughs> so now this, this guy's like really, you know, he's really mad at him now. So he's a sworn enemy in, uh, Peter Quill. But now we fast forward, fast forward, it's June 7th, 1989. Also, catching on somebody coming out of a centrifuge has to like, like you gotta be superhuman already to. Yeah, somehow catch this guy who's going that fast and not break your, all of your bones. Yeah, you don't want to catch his head on your chin or you're fucked up, you know? So uh, but, um, so now we go to June 7th, 1989, and they're sending a <laughs> Mars probe. And uh, I like the little outfits that they have in uh, what Steve Englehart thought clothing would be <laughs> yeah. like in 1989. <laughs> all these little uh, jumpsuits. thought jump NASA seats. astronauts were going to Yeah. <laughs> It's like he's down the front. So they're sending a probe probe up to Mars, and they announce the guys who are going, and they don't announce Peter Quill's name. And Peter Quill's like, hey, wait a minute. What about me? And he's like, you, Quill, are the most proficient graduate I've ever seen technically. But personally, mister, that's another matter. Men who live together in a cramped capsule for days and weeks on end must be compatible, compatible above all else. And Quill, you're compatible with no one. Man, that hurts. So then uh, Quill stands up and he says, but but I have to That's fly. Nice. I have to. I Oh, screw you all. <laughs> Quill, <laughs> sit down. And then Quill says, I said screw you, sir. <laughs> That's pretty great. So, so Quill goes back to his apartment. Uh. And he and he screams, damn, and he just starts throwing shit around his apartment. And then he screams, damn, 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 <laughs> damn, damn, damn. I need a drink. <laughs> I need a lot of drinks. Wow. 1976 Marvel was really cutting edge. And uh, and he's just yeah. getting boozed up and he's talking to his owl buddy, the one who he leaves abandoned on Earth to starve to death. And he says, hey, you're my only friend, Al. You think this is what Cousin Brandon does every night? (laughs) Just talks to an owl? (laughs) May or may not even be there. Yeah, it's an imaginary owl, Brandon. He just, (laughs) he drinks so much. But, uh, yeah, so he's just wallowing in his self-pity that he dedicated his whole life to getting into space. Now here's his big chance, and they won't even take him because he's such a dick. So now he passes out drunk. But then we we get a, a dramatic cut here. Next thing you know, hey, Peter Quill, we jump ahead a couple months. It's, uh, what is it, like five months? And now he's like a star student. Everyone loves Peter Quill because he's changed his ways. Yeah. This is pretty dramatic here. <laughs> he must have got. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, oh, Peter Quill, uh, you're such a good guy now. We're going to send you on this mission to space. And he's like, all right. Mm-hmm. We're sending him to a space station. The space yeah, station. he's like, that's not what I wanted exactly, but it's close enough, I guess. It, at least damned, I'm in space, so I got a chance. A damned artificial moon, but it's more than I would have expected back in June, and I'm not going to mess it up. So they guess what? He messes it up, though. 
But they send him up to space in the space station. And there's a foxy blonde just lounging on the space station, so that's always nice. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, other guys are talking to him, you know. And they're kind of like being his buddies. He's kind of friendly with these guys. Uh, they're making fun of him, saying, hey, you seen any UFOs lately? Because he told one guy about his UFO experience. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, I haven't seen any UFOs. But but he takes it good-naturedly. He doesn't want to murder them, you know, like he would have in the past. He's like, oh, I'm all right. I'm not going to burn down the school. Yeah. I'm all right. He doesn't want to lose his chance, yeah. <laughs> so then we see the space station. We see an exterior shot of the space station. It looks like a giant vibrator. Like, all right, look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's and, very uh, foul. And then they're looking out the window of the space yeah. station, and they see the Star-Lord. They see a Star-Lord guy floating out in the space. And, uh, mm-hmm. well, what does Star-Lord tell him, Jack? I bid you greetings, Terrans. You see before you the star As yet, he is but a concept, visible only in your mind's silver eye. But in 14 days, when your moon moves Earth and is herself eclipsed, a Terran of your selection shall be taken from this fragile station and assume the Star-Lord's glorious destiny. So be it. Farewell. <laughs> He's out. He's quick. Yeah, so be it. Farewell. I gotta go. <laughs> I left the oven on. Gotta get back. See you later. <laughs> he just... are omnipotent. <laughs> so everyone's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> no one knows what the hell's going on. So they have a big meeting. They I think it's elect- some kind of Chinese trick, or at least the one guy. That's just like, oh, this is probably those dirty Chinese trying to pull tricks on us again. <laughs> <That's dirty. laughs> so they're like, no, no, no. Uh, well, we got to select somebody to be the Star Lord. And Peter Quill says, hey, I'll be your Star Lord. I volunteer. Because here's my yeah, chance. I to- volunteer. I want to kill the rat bastard lizards that <laughs> killed my mom. And they're like, uh, nope, sorry, Peter Quill. We're going to select somebody else. You're kind of a dick. Still, and uh, <laughs> you clearly want this too much, so no. Yes. <laughs> you want it's it like too when you're much. volunteering to take the kids on like a on a camping trip, like, and you really, really want to do it. Like, oh, that guy looks suspicious. <laughs> I don't trust your intentions here, buddy. They want more someone with more experience in space. Besides, for all we know, this might be a hoax of some sort. And uh, so mm-hmm. Peter Quill reacts like you you would normally do. He grabs a stool. And throws it through their big uh, window, they have, <laughs> their big monitor screen or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just starts screaming, you can't turn me down, not this time. I'd stopped hoping, but this is my chance. Don't you see? Don't you understand? No, no one understands what the fuck you're talking about, because you didn't tell anyone what's going on. <laughs> if you just said, hey, when I was a little kid, the space lizards murdered my mom. I've dedicated my <laughs> whole life to getting into space. So I can hunt down those space lizards. Maybe this Star Lord thinks my chance. What do you say? Can I do it? Probably would have went along with that. I think you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's been he's been behaving himself. I would throw him a bone. But instead, they ship him back to Earth. You know, and this is yeah. a little weird. Why Why did they just? Why do we even have to send him back? Just <laughs> him on the ship. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, put him in the brig or something. Yeah, yeah. Storytelling wise, I don't understand why Englehart had to do this. But anyway. Uh, so, um, the guy who's going to be the Star Lord is that guy who he saved from the centrifuge, who he who became his heated rival because of yeah, that. Yeah, fucking Harrelson. Harrelson. <laughs> so they send uh, Peter Quill back to Earth. Uh, 
Is he back at Earth or is he back on the or is, Oh, he's on the moon? Where the fuck is he? Because he's somewhere else. But uh, I guess he's back on Earth. Yeah, maybe he didn't make it all the way back. Oh, he's on the They're outskirts gonna, of about Canaveral. To him back to Earth. Well, he says he's on the outskirts. It's Canaveral. Oh, so yeah, okay. Canaveral? Is that, yeah. So they sent him back to Earth. Uh, yeah, there looks like Maybe they all went back to Earth and, and they were going to send the one. Yeah, I don't know. Enough, I guess. But to be their, he, their one representative or whatnot. He cracks one guy in the face with a gun and he steals his gun and he's like, I'm stealing this ship because I got to, yeah, because he has to get back to the space station. So he steals a ship to get mm-hmm. back. I don't, um, but yeah, he just steals a ship and he gets back up to the space station and, uh, I like that panel of him climbing out. I don't know where he's, it's, it's an all silhouette there. That's a nice panel. And, um, he just starts shooting dudes. Like yeah, mur- <laughs> he really does. <laughs> just murdering poor, weirdly dressed NASA astronauts left and right. What, what do these guys do? You know, they're just doing their job, you know. And uh, P- Peter Quill's gunning them down with the laser. Yeah, he's gunning them down with laser guns. And then he gets into the big <laughs> meeting room where Harrelson is going to go uh, be the Star Lord, you know. And uh, Peter Quill runs in with his gun. <laughs> One guy down in the corner says, Jesus. <laughs> Because, oh my God, it's Quill. Hey, look, Pete, why don't you? And he's like, and Pete's like, I'm going to be Star Lord. And, and Harold's like, come on, Pete, why, why don't you just calm down? He says, oh, so now it's Pete, huh? For the first time ever, it's Pete. You lousy. And then you turn the page, and there's a giant splash page of him just screaming, hypocrite. And he shoots Harrelson, <laughs> murders Harrelson with the laser blast. But. So he's mad because he never called him Pete before, but now he's calling him Pete. So you hypocrite. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel bad for Harrelson. Like, he's pretty much the Frank Grimes of this place where he's doing everything right. And then Homer Simpson comes along and fucking can't. But, but why is he everything a hypocrite? Up him and hates Harrelson. Like, we never see Harrelson do anything bad to Quill at all. We see Quill be a dick to Harrelson. We never see yeah, Harold. He thanked do him anything. for saving his life, and then yes, <laughs> Quill was mad about it. <laughs> yeah, we we never see Harrelson do anything bad. He calls him Pete, and that sets him off. He's like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna murder you!" <laughs> Call me Pete, hypocrite, and he shoots him, uh, <laughs> and, and he starts shooting everybody. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Englehart wanted to make him kind of arrogant and stuff at first, but he's beyond arrogant. He's a flat-out murderer. Yeah, he's a psychopath, is Peter Quill. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess, I guess Harrelson isn't quite dead yet because he's getting up. He's like, Quill, he's climbed to his knees. So uh, what does Quill do? He runs over and butt-ends him with the rifle right in the face. Bang. You were wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming he's dead Pistol now. Whip. Yeah. So they uh, – the, the security, there's finally enough of them. They surround Quill and they have him pinned in and like against the wall there. And it's like a firing squad. They're all just going to gun them down. But when they shoot, mm-hmm. he just suddenly disappears. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, hey, what the Very fuck strange. happened? Where, where did he go? And they're like, I don't know. I think he's dead. But uh, that lunatic stole the secret of the ages, stole it from the rest of mankind. I didn't understand that line either. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, they don't like, really know what this is. All he said, you could be a Star-Lord, but nobody knows what that is. <laughs> yeah, and, and was, like, whoever was standing at that exact spot at that time was going to be Star-Lord? Was that what, like, 
Because he just dis- like how? Yeah, it I almost seems so. like they don't know what happened if he incinerated when they shot him or if he just disappeared. Some. So I don't, yeah, it's very confusing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it really is. Or so not, not, oh, it's just ahead. like this. You know, the guy, the old man that we see in the next panel. Maybe he just took him because he was meant to be Star Lord. But then why the whole? Why put him through all these things in the first place? Just pick the guy you want if you want him to be Star Lord. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So uh, next thing knows, Peter Quill is uh, floating out in space, and he thinks he he's, he's he can't tell if he's living or dead. And then he uh, wakes up. He's standing in this uh, like giant city that looks all uh, fancy and whatnot. <clears throat> and then uh, there's an old guy sitting on a throne, an old guy with a beard. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like, hey, Peter Quill, uh, you have been selected by the world to become Star-Lord. Peter Jason Quill. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that's, a, that's a little... Uh, tip to his his alien dad because his his dad mm-hmm. was named Jason without the A. Yeah. But in a, an apostrophe. Yep. Yeah. And uh, apparently his dad, I did some research, his dad was a jerk. That's yes. <laughs> Sorry. While not being Ego the Living Planet, he's definitely a jerk. Yeah. Uh, so this, this God guy's talking, he's like, hey, rarely is this opportunity offered, more rarely still does the opportunity arise. That makes no. What? <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty much the same thing. I don't know. Every <laughs> time, it's, to... every time it's offered, it would have to arise. <laughs> yeah, it would have to arise more times than it's offered. So I think they did it backwards. <laughs> Rarely does this uh, arise, and even rare is it offered. So, but anyway. Yeah. Um, he says, yeah, you must be held in high regard. Yeah, but see, this is confusing because he says, you must be held in high regard by your people. No, he wasn't. He's a, he's a psychotic. He just ran around yeah. murdering people. He was just standing in a spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't understand how this all happened. I don't understand any of this. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, and, and you know my middle name. No one knows my middle name. Who are you? I am the master of the sun and thus master of the solar system. But you're not, I mean, you're not God. Do I resemble him? But all men do, Peter, for it is written that God created man in his image. All right. Whatever, old man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he says, you're going to be Star-Lord. And, but do we ever get a clear concept of what Star-Lord means? Or... No, not yeah. in this book, that's for sure. <laughs> What's a problem? It's <laughs> like, I don't know what does, it, what does this mean, a Star-Lord. What is that? Um, I don't know. But Peter Quill's we're happy about it. So next thing you know, this this costume just appears on him, and he has his little helmet. And uh, the god guy says, uh, "Hey, put that helmet on. I want you to look like an owl. I like owls. <laughs> hey, like that owl you left for dead <laughs> back fetish. on Earth. Remember that <laughs> that owl that owl you left for dead? Yeah, put that helmet on. I may be the master of the sun, but I'm also a furry. So dress like <laughs> that owl. And then he uh, <laughs> he says uh, he's got a gun. Uh, talk about the gun, Jank. Yeah, this is where the the black and white really uh, let me down. I feel like yeah, I, that's uh, fair, yeah. because he, he's got an element gun that can fire different things from the each of the four elements. You got your fire, your water, your air, and your earth. Uh, most of them look exactly the same, and you really can't tell yeah. what he's shooting. Earth, you can <laughs> tell he's actually shooting a bunch of rocks and boulders. Yeah. So okay, that makes sense, but. Fire, he pretty much just looks like he's shooting a laser blast, more so than actual fire. 
Yeah. Uh, the water, I don't know, it looks more like electricity or maybe even ice. It definitely doesn't look flowing like water. Um, the air looks like well, electricity. Again, I don't know what the fuck this yeah. is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's more of an art it's problem. Got, yeah, spark. I, if I had to guess, I, I would guess that Steve Gone, they didn't tell him it was an element gun. They just said it's a gun that shoots. Uh, like that, wouldn't that make sense, kind of? But although he did draw the sure. pebbles. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's weird. Cause so he got think, one like, of the four. But yeah. you think he could have drawn a, a more distinctive flame for the fire, at least, you know? Um, cause that's pretty easy. Yeah. To, uh, fire seems flame. like, that's an easy one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just draw the uh, little little flame that's coming off and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, I hear they all, the top, the first three all looking pretty much exactly the same. So you have no idea. What's yeah. happening. But, um, <laughs> but uh, so the god guy is like, "Hey, Star Lord, uh, I don't know. Uh, the weapon is invincible, Star Lord. It just appears in his mind, and he doesn't even have to pull a trigger. Like he just thinks, right? It shoots or something. And uh, yeah, I wonder how what? that works. Like if. Because that I mean he can shoot it without even holding it, or he has to be holding it and just thinking about it. Because then what's the difference between having to use the trigger and just thinking about it? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can shoot it from like across the room, that's cool. Like somebody takes it from me and then you shoot them. That's pretty I, cool. I think he has to be holding it, and yeah. uh, the whole thought thing is just to you know spare finger cramping. <laughs> yeah. Just want to get carpal tunnel. Yeah, protect that finger. So uh, the the god guy says, "And how do you propose to work uh, your will?" Oh, because it's all about your will. That's the one weakness is your will to be Star Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he says, "I sense that you want revenge against aliens that they uh, for what they did to your mother." What? And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I want to go kill some aliens." And he says, "All right, well here's your chance." So he says, "So be it." He kicks him outside into space. And wouldn't you know it? Them them damn aliens are right there. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. They transported him right to them. What are the odds? So he hunts <laughs> down these uh, these bastard uh, space lizards, and they get in a little fight, and he's shooting his ray guns at them, and uh, he, he punctures their the hull of their ship, and then he goes in and he zaps them again, and uh, these little uh, alien again these these could just be random space lizards, not necessarily the guys that murdered his mom. Yeah, yeah. But, all right. And we get another he's killing more than the two because it's yeah. like four or five of them here that he's murdering. Yeah, he's slaughtering everyone. And uh, he's like, I've played it in my <laughs> dreams a million times over. Yeah, he's just murdering all these little space lizards. And they're dead, all of them dead. <laughs> he's very happy about it. <laughs> yep. So that, but then he just appears back by that god guy. And that god guy's like, hey, so you happy now? You got your revenge. Are you happy? And he's like, yeah, I guess. And he's like, all right, now you're mm-hmm. free. Your past life is over. Now you can live your future life as Star-Lord. And uh, he's like, you can leave that madness behind uh, and walk but he with does... me. How did I get back here? And he's like, unless I left it all. It's kind of, Wait. you know, illusion that the sun guy put him through to, uh, you know, get him closure. You cut out entirely through that whole thing. So, are you still there? Well, he says, "What happened? How did I?" Yep. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick up for uh, what you started to say there about. Uh, yeah, all right, just go. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Starla, 
It says, what happened? How did I get back here? Unless I never left at all. So did this actually happen, or was that all just some kind of mental illusion that gave him closure without actually... Yeah, it was all just imaginary in his mind. The God Yeah. Let him play it out. But, um, cause when I, when it first happened, when I was first reading <laughs> And somehow it, like, he accepts that, even though he realizes that. <laughs> yeah, cause, cause I guess he, it was a cathartic experience. He got it out of his system, so now he can move on. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, when I, when I first I read, I'm like, wow. That, he's been... that was really lucky he found those face lizards just like that. But yeah, it was all just imaginary <laughs> yeah. in his mind, so. Yeah. And, it and that's like he gave how... up on it pretty quick, though, for something he's devoted well, but I guess I, I guess he's uh, but he's had this whole experience meeting God and everything, you know, so it kind of like changed his view on life. So it's like, oh, sure, there might be more, there might be more to my life than revenge. So he grew spiritually, you know. Uh, so that, that's how the story ends. So I guess like in the next installment, we would get more on, on what it means to be a Star Lord. But yeah, I. We went through all those issues at the beginning here of this episode, uh, but I don't think he appears then again into issue 11, right? And uh, that's when Chris Claremont reboots everything. So yeah. that comes in and changes all this stuff that, <laughs> you know, to make it more palatable. Yeah, I just checked again, and yet, yes, his next appearance is issue 11 with Chris Claremont. So how did uh, Chris Claremont and them uh, reboot it a bit? Well, in their scenario... Uh, like we mentioned earlier, the mom, there is no father. Like the mom's a single lady and she gets, uh, this space alien named Jason Jason or whatever comes down, has, has mm-hmm. the sweet, sweet love with her. And then he has to leave because he fixes his ship and he's like, Hey, gotta go home. Just like, how many times do you think he does that with earth women? Like he just, Oh, my ship crashed. Oh yeah. All the <laughs> Every time. weekend, you know, like, uh, gotta get yeah. back. <clears throat> But he puts a baby in her. So then she has the baby. And then the Badoon show up. And the reason the Badoon show up, because they hate that Jason guy, the alien. And they they know that he had uh-huh. a baby on Earth. So they land on Earth specifically yep. to kill the ba- like young Peter Quill. And uh, But his mom gets killed in the, like, uh, accidentally murdered in the process, I guess. Because uh, the target wasn't the mom. The target was him. But the mom dies mm-hmm. in the attack. And, like, the cabin explodes. So they think Peter Quill's dead or something, but he he escaped, and yeah. So he, so the Badoon think he's dead, but he's not. So yeah. then I don't yeah. know how much <clears throat> like is the Chris. I didn't read that Chris Claremont issue. So does he then like Yondu and all that? That is a more recent addition to the backstory, right? Yeah, that is definitely a more recent retcon, so that was nowhere to be seen. Back then, Yondu was just the Guardians 3000 version where, you know, he was in the year 3000 as part of that group of Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, Yondu, who was like his great-great-great-grandfather or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So, when they rebooted it, of course, we get the story that is more familiar with the movie version where he he becomes a... uh, a, uh, like a space pirate. A ravager. With, yeah, the yeah. ravagers with Yondu, and Yondu takes him in. Although at first, him and Yondu, uh, he tries to steal Yondu's ship, right? And uh, Yondu, like, catches him, and but then they find out that they both grew up without families or something. And he says, all right, I'll take you in as my, as my little adopted son there, and uh, essentially. And uh, so that's how he got with Yondu. Um, 
Now, the movie version, uh, of course, uh, the first Guardians is a great movie, even though I don't particularly like some of the people involved. Uh, and uh, Peter Quill, in that version, <laughs> his mom dies of cancer at the beginning of the film. Yep. And Although then in the second movie, it's discovered that, you know, uh, he... So his father killed her, I guess, which is a weird way to kill someone, <laughs> got to say. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize they did that. So Ego killed his mom with cancer? Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's what kind of turns him, you know, I had to get rid of your mom because, you know, she's weak and human. And, you know, Peter Quill's not going to take that. <laughs> so he flips the fuck out, tries to kill him. <laughs> Yeah, because it, uh, Peter Quill, uh, in the, in the first movie, who picks him up? Uh, was, does Yondu get him off of Earth immediately? Yondu, yep, is, is sent by, uh, Ego to pick him up, but he okay. never brings him back. He just keeps him, essentially. Okay. Alright, that makes sense. Alright, so, uh, there it is, the origin of Star-Lord. And it was interesting. Like we said, he, he's a real yeah. jerk. He's a psychotic murderer. I <laughs> um, did not. I wonder in the Claremont version how he got to space. Like, did that something similar happen? Where not uh, because obviously the Yondu stuff wasn't there. So I'm not sure how he got to space in that version. I guess he just did. Oh. you know, somehow become an astronaut. Yeah, I, th- I think he does. Just be, join NASA and becomes a uh, astronaut and. Uh, I, I think in the more modern version, his his ship uh, breaks down in space and he's stranded and the Ravagers find him in space and like technically yeah. save him. But they don't want him. They're either going to kill him or just throw him out into space again. And then he steals their ship and uh, kidnaps Yondu. And then they Yondu wakes up and beats him and that's and they become friends or something like that. So, yeah, that happens. But uh, what do you think, though, Jank, uh, about Engelhart? Uh, besides him being a psychotic kid, it's just like kind of disjointed. Like there are things, just leaps in logic that we're missing yes. something. It, it seems like we're missing a, like a page every once in a while. Like, wait, shouldn't there be more here to explain this? Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, even some more about what an actual Star Lord is would be helpful. And <laughs> that would have been very is, helpful. What, what its mission is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I get that this is just the beginning, but you know, maybe a little bit more information would help. And, and a little less effort on the on the astrology end of it and how things are aligned and specific dates and maybe a little more on what the actual story is. <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah. unless you're re- really into astrology, you're not going to get the significance of those specific dates. Uh, but I, I wish uh, – like I, I appreciate mm-hmm. what he is trying to do, starting out as a horrible guy and have, what, giving him that arc of like this adventure, he's going to get changed and something else. Yeah. But at the, the same time – it makes us not like him at all. You know, like I did not, <laughs> I did not like this character at all. So it's like, I don't fucking care if he gets to be star Lord or gets revengeance on the lizard guys. Cause he's such, yeah. he's, a, he's a murderer. He, what the fuck do I care about this guy? He, he yeah, that's murdered. the problem is you took it too far. Like, it's yeah. not like he's Tony Stark where he's you know, kind of a douche and, you know, kind of a drunken playboy. Like, no, he's just like up straight up psycho. <laughs> so that's, yes. that's not what you want. So that was uh, alarming, and I, I did not enjoy that. Ah, so I think that hurts it. I, I can definitely understand why they had Claremont redo the origin there. and uh, Yeah. Even the bit with the dad with the axe. 
And uh, so let, let me ask you this. <laughs> I kind of, so, I mean, I appreciated that. That was so out there that I kind of liked it. <laughs> so in this version that we read here today, Englehart clearly had an alien impregnate the lady, right? And yeah, so the I dad was, so. so the dad was correct in saying that, hey, that baby doesn't look like me. I'm going to go murder that baby. So mm-hmm. the que- the question is, <laughs> is the dad just insane? And he's a crazy man, which is how Peter Quill got his insanity that we, oh, hey, this all ties together, actually. So Peter, oh. so his dad's insane. And <laughs> Peter Quill is now a psychotic murderer because his dad's insane. So that really is his son. Or his dad was <laughs> rightfully angry that his wife was bedding down with space monkeys. <laughs> I mean, clearly he's already supernatural when he got the centrifuge. So I'm going to say was actually banging a space monkey. <laughs> yeah, that, that is interesting. And this was not. Yeah, cause it, it changes really how you look at his I mom or because like uh, she's either a cheating uh, lady or she's a good, mm-hmm. honest mother who's being wronged by a crazy man. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would have been nice to see that explored, but you yeah. know, Steve Englehart had to go. He's yeah, like, I'm he out. had to go. He's just like Star Lord when the Star Lord first appears in space. All right, I don't. I gotta go. Uh, so uh, Steve gone here. I like the art. Uh, th- this art's fine. Uh, <laughs> it was solid. I I enjoyed it. There's some really good panels. Um, but I thought it was really enjoyable to look at for most of it. So uh, did you like Steve Gaughan's work here? Yeah, as far as go goes, it was pretty good. Um, it definitely has that touch of class. Uh, you get in like a magazine format, and uh, I really drunk on the uh, floor there, kind of leaning on the. That just looks amazing. Yeah, not uh, like I said, I like that one silhouette panel of him coming out of the ship. That was really well done, and a couple of those big splash mm-hmm. pages where he's murdering hypocrite, and he shoots him. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what do you give it, Jank? One one out of ten Marvel uh preview issue four. Uh you know what? I'll give it a six. I think it that's about where it lands for me. It's a little above average. Nothing nothing spectacular. But yeah. just Yeah, I, mean, I, I will you know I will give it a six I mean, as well. <laughs> the writing is uneven and weird at times. Uh mm-hmm. but uh, I really like Steve Gaughan's art, so that gives it a bump up to six. Um, so there you go. So if you ever wondered how Star-Lord started in the pages of Marvel, there it is. The origins of Star-Lord, at least the first origin of Star-Lord. <clears throat> now, they never came out and said, hey, Chris It's worth Pratt. it just for the, for the NASA uniforms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, Chris, it, it's, it's just weird because we're used to Chris Pratt being the goofy Star-Lord, and then this guy's running around murdering people and that's, that's a mm-hmm. strange. But anyway, all right, so next week, Jank, we're going to stick with the black and white uh, magazine format for one more week, and we're going to go uh, r- the Rampaging Hulk. Oh, okay. Yeah, you like Hulk? This is right? not what I was guessing, yeah. Well, what did you Hell think yeah. I was going to pick? I thought you were going to go Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even see that. There's an ad in there? I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah. There's an ad towards the end of this book, I guess, because you didn't. Read the yeah, uh, second, the backup <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, <laughs> no wonder you didn't get to the Planet of the Apes one, but yeah, that. 
Because I did. I know you love doc, the monkeys, so I did see a Doc ad, Savage ad in one of these books. I was flipping through. Um, but yeah, we're going to do the Rampaging Hulk issue two from 1977, and it guest stars the X Men. So, oh, uh, that's awesome! But, but this is early X Men, Beast, Iceman, because uh, this Rampaging Hulk magazine. It was. We'll get into this next week, but it was uh, supposed to be. After his first initial Marvel series where he was Greyhawk, but mm-hmm. before the stories in Astonishing Tales where they picked up the oh. Hulk. So it's or supposed to be. I, yeah, I don't know. Because, but then they said there's inconsistencies because he's talking like the modern Hulk and <laughs> he's wearing a dip. So I think that was the plan, but they didn't execute Yeah, that's anyway. one thing. The, uh, as much as I love the Hulk, there's a lot of inconsistencies, and they, people just kind of randomly write things how they like, and uh, didn't really always consider what happened beforehand. Peter David yeah. was good about that stuff, but since then and before then, it seemed like people were just kind of, let's do whatever the fuck we want. I, I can't remember who wrote this issue, but the art is done by young Walt Simonson, and it looks nothing like oh. Walt Simonson. Like, you would not... Oh, yeah. If I give you a hundred guesses, you'd never say, oh, that's Walt Simonson. <laughs> it looks nothing like Walt Simonson. But uh, okay. uh, that's who drew it. So next week, The Rampaging Hulk, issue yeah. two. <clears throat> Until then. I'm very excited. Don't get any jank on you.